what's up everybody we are bringing you episode two today of the pits welcome welcome what's up yeah so if you guys don't know didn't listen to the first episode i do recommend that you go back to it we did talk about the infamous Bonnie and Clyde, um, and had a lot of laughs along the way. So that was a good one. I mean, there's a lot of information there that I honestly didn't know. Um, I'd yeah, Carolyn did an excellent job of researching Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, there's some, there's some details that I think were missed in the media when they reported on those stories back in the day. Yeah. Go figure. They don't, they don't tell you everything. Right. Um, (laughs) Probably my favorite thing, though, was the FBI synopsis of how they died. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. As if they weren't full of hundreds of bullets. Right. So just to give you guys um, a recap, we will be bringing these episodes to you every Monday, getting your week started off right. Um, These first few episodes are recorded, pre-recorded quite a bit. Um But this one, I'm excited. We are going to be bringing to you the uh, week before Halloween, which is definitely one of our favorite times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love the spookiness. I mean, we live in Georgia, so if fall ever gets here, I'll really really love that. It's still (laughs) in, like, the high 90s. It's ridiculous. Right now when we're recording, so. Ridiculous. I don't think October is looking much cooler. I'm I'm praying. I'm hoping. But yeah, Halloween's great. You know, you got football going on. Nice weather. You got all the interesting movies. We've already watched Hocus Pocus. It's the best. Yeah. You can't have any sort of Halloween pre-party, I guess. Pre-partying for Halloween. Starting yeah. with Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I mean, some people are crazy about, like, watching Christmas movies at, like, 1st of November, but... Those are not my kind of people. Yeah, Just more of I love person. all the Christmas lovers. Cheers to you. <laughs> I'm not. Maybe we have a house this year, so maybe the Grinch. Oh, I did see those cookies. Oh, those Grinch cookies they are pretty Grinch fire. They have Grinch cookies, so it also made my heart grow a little bit. Um, anywho, we have a on theme, I guess, with the spookiest season couple. Um, we are going to be talking about two people that you've probably never heard of. Um, they have nice little rhyming names, but they're not Hmm. really nice people. Um, okay. So what we do at this show is basically give you a rundown of some of the most famous and infamous couples throughout history, and then kind of relate it to things that we have been through. Excuse me. Goodness. Unladylike. Um, that we've been through in our early 20s and as we're continuing through our late 20s. Um, John Z and I, I guess, have been blessed <laughs> with the opportunity to grow, kind of grow up together in our uh, 20s, which is pretty pivotal time. So we've got some, you know, funny stories to share and some not so funny stories to share um, with our our life because some of these couples also went through um some of the same things like we saw with bonnie and clyde i think what a lot of people forgot was that they were in their early 20s like they met when they were 19 and 20 right so i know like you know where our brains were there and then 
And right. it's just like they were killed at, at 23, 24. They were killed young. And so, I, you know, I think... Your brain's not fully developed yet. I mean, we were, we were just talking about this... Yeah, we went to Waffle House this morning. Yeah, we were just talking about this. It's like your brain is not fully developed until I think, like, honestly, thirty, mm-hmm. and then you, and then you're kind of the person that you are. Right. Um. I mean, not not that you can't have a renaissance or whatever later, but you kind of you settled into to who you are as a human. Yeah. And they never got that chance. I mean, I'm not saying that murdering people is okay. Obviously, right. it's not. Right. But uh, but they definitely didn't get. They made sure that they didn't get their day in court. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's our wonderful dog, Barney. <laughs> um, so we were talking about at Waffle House, which if you're not from the South or you've never been to a Waffle House, I'm sorry. It was It's a really delicious meal. Um, we were talking about how it relates to, because we're watching Mindhunter, which is about the FBI how they formed the you know term serial killer and like investigating these people, but a lot of those the serial killers you see aren't really caught until you know their thirties forties. They don't really blossom into right. the serial killer they're gonna be. Right. Um, and with a lot of psychoses, you don't see um, you know it develop until your mid to late twenties. So. Things happen during that time that in the brain that I think are really interesting, and we are kind of kind of talk about the the opposite in that spectrum or a couple that doesn't. First of all, a couple is rare, and we are going to talk about a few in this show. Um, but this one I really like because they're the oldest couple ever sentenced to death in the United States, hmm. and. Um, I mean, they're serial killers. That's pretty crazy. It's multiple people, so... That's pretty crazy that they're not more famous. Right? Yeah. So their name is Ray and Faye Copeland. Nice. I mean, come on. Like, how did somebody not pick up that story and run with it? We'll talk about what it has been made into or when it is mentioned. And it's pretty interesting who made a story about their lives. But... Right. um, So, oldest couple ever sentenced to death in the United States. Um... Their lives, Ray is written about a lot more. Um, He was born in Oklahoma in 1914. He grew up moving a lot with his family during the Great Depression, which is not a good time. Um, He started his crime spree relatively mildly, if you remember, so did Clyde. Um, But he basically just started out stealing livestock and forging checks, which... I mean, it's his ultimate MO throughout these crimes. Like, they're very, very, very blue-collar crime. I mean, I think... Stuff I, stuff to just try to get by. Right, right. I don't even know if you... Yeah, I don't even know if you could call it blue-collar crime because, you know, Aladdin basically does the type of stealing he does and right. they make a freaking musical about him. So. <laughs> um, just kidding. I love Aladdin. Um, he, he got caught a good deal just like Claude did. Um, and he, the, the first time that he got caught, he served a year in jail. Um, and then he was released in 1940. He met the then Faye Wilson, um, and they were married soon afterwards. Okay. So a year for the, for the, for the fraudulent checks and for, for stealing, stealing livestock. Yeah. Dang, that's pretty hefty. I feel like. Right. <laughs> Dude, he must have had a public defender or something. <laughs> <No> <laughs> defender. Yeah. 
1938 would have been when he would have gotten caught because in the year 1939. Yeah, they're he... probably still chopping off hands back then. <laughs> <laughs> There's some history for you. Yeah. Um, I don't think we ever did that here. No. Again, that's Aladdin. But <laughs> we'll... <laughs> it is Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to we'll get there, guys. Um, so when he was released in 1940, he met. Faye Wilson, and they were married soon afterwards. So, not really lots written about her, um, other than she was born in 1921 to not great family, not great dad, kind of like Bonnie. Right. <laughs> like, and they kind of echo each other, so it's fun to do these back-to-back comparisons. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just um, kind of the thing. Guys, you have to be there for your children. They're going to end up with spouses like uh, Clyde and uh, this guy. Right. Right. So she was born in 1921 in Arkansas. Um, So there is, like, a little bit of an age difference there. About seven years, but... That's not crazy, though. Not for back then, I'm sure. Um, So they quickly became pregnant... Um, ended up having several children. Um, but because Ray really only knew one way to get by, and that was crime, like, right. it wasn't great for them. Um, he had a criminal reputation, so the family had to keep moving around, and money was always very scarce, obviously. Um, during this time, Ray was also in and out of jail, um, but he finally came up with this genius plan where he thought he could you know, stay out of trouble and stay out of jail for a while. Um, he thought that, you know, I am known for fraud, but what if I get some people who are like relatively unknown, like basically farmhands, they would work as farmhands for me, and then I would give them the check, and then they'll go to the market, and then, you know, they'll write them checks to accounts that don't exist, and then I'll get, I'll still have my scarce money, but I'll have these cattle that I basically can sell at no cost. Right. Um, and then the live, like the farmhands or whatever wouldn't be seen. Like they would just go about their way and they would separate, you know? So it's, it worked for a little bit, um, to his credit. Um, because he would mostly pick up like drifters and hobos Take advantage of people who really needed the work and had nowhere else to go. Exactly. Um, And so their property was in Missouri, in Mooresville, Missouri. Um, So not, uh, not popping. Like it was, it was rural. Um, And so then they would, you know, the barbers would go into the bigger towns and they would go to market. They would use his bad checks, get the cattle. Transaction was complete. Ray would quickly sell the cattle and then the drifters would just, disappear um eventually however there was somebody who got caught or something you know snitch i don't know but ray was caught and sent to jail um once he was released um i don't exactly know how much time had passed but when whatever amount of time that had passed he decided that he was going to do something different where the farmhands, the hobos, and drifters could not possibly be caught. So, hmm. yeah. They, um, not a lot of, I guess, 
secrecy there. So he basically was like, I'm going to pick up people who no one cares about and I'm going to kill them. Right. So he would go and find somebody, employ them. They would go to the market with these fraudulent checks and then Ray would kill them. Right. Um, Wow. (laughs) So the people that for sure, like, died there... All right, there's five of them. Um, Dennis K. Murphy of Normal, Illinois. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I Sounds fake. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, killed. Sorry if anyone's from Normal, Illinois. I would love to hear how mm. it's like growing up in somewhere called Normal. <laughs> um, if my teenage angst was anything like yours, I bet you really loved that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so he was killed October 17th, 1986. Um, I don't, we obviously don't know if that's their first murder. Um, there was a Wayne Warner of Bloomington, Illinois, and he was killed November 19th, 1986. So these are ones that they have like directly linked to them. Yeah. They've been prosecuted for. Well, you'll see. Um, you'll see how they know for sure these people are dead. Okay. Um, you've got. Jimmy Dale Harvey, he was 27, of Springfield, Missouri, um, was killed October 25th, 1988. Uh, So that's a two-year gap, which we'll talk about my theory on this. I don't think these five people are the only people. but There's no way. Okay, so like the first two people are killed October, November. Right. Again, like we have no idea if this was their first murders but and i said there but we mean you'll see um the jimmy dale harvey the 27 year old from springfield was like almost two years to the date after the first guy like i don't know i don't know I don't know. I think it's probably I, I guarantee you it goes along with the cattle market schedule like they but ju- they're not waiting years. Yeah, because there's they, another. Um, the other one, the next one, it was in December, and the one after that was in May. Oh, okay. So it's it's different months. Right, because that's what I thought at first, and I was kind of like, um, John W. Freeman, twenty-seven, of Boonville, Indiana, was killed December eighth, nineteen eighty-eight, and that is two months after the previous one. Okay, and then. Paul J. Coward was only 21, really sad, of Darnell, Arkansas. He was killed May 1st, 1989. So, I don't know. So, I mean, cattle season's like May to December. They're going around Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Arkansas. Right. It's it's all of, or that's where these people were from. Okay. Yeah. They were their property was in Missouri, and and these drifters are from Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, Arkansas. But they came across them in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how they got them, but apparently, like no one talked to each other because they were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have snitches. Right. Um. At least these people thought there's no way there's they're ever gonna get caught. Um. So, the murders would have probably continued if it were not for a previous employee named Jack McCormick. He called the Crime Stoppers hotline 
in August 1989. So, what was crazy to me, like, we started this episode talking about the Great Depression when he was born, and you got Crime Stoppers. Like, these are old people. Yeah. A lot of time has passed. There's no way that that's the only fight. I mean, because he's been doing shady stuff his whole life. I'm sure he was killing all the way through the, no, the 40s and back. 50s and 60s. No, I think, I think he didn't want to go back. I don't think he was that intelligent. Like, I think he finally was like, okay, I had a plan. I was going somewhere with it. Yeah. Like, get the farm hands. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he, like... You don't think he was killing during any of those other times? Oh he just God, waited until he was point. old? Like, I figured he's probably been getting away with it for decades. Yeah, well, okay. I was talking about this the other day. Think about it. How many murderers do you think you've met? Uh, you you have to have walked by a few. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Right? Like, there's probably somebody you know that's killed somebody. I mean, just think about, like, the wide, like, 1,500 people. There's probably one person that's killed somebody. I mean, it's not necessarily their serial killer, but right. vehicular homicide, stuff like I know that. there's people I went to high school with that have killed people. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. I don't know. I'm going to, I think that he, I would like to think that he did it as a last resort, but who knows. Um... Anywho, the Crime Stoppers hotline, um, that person, that previous employee called it on August 1989 to tell them about what he had suspected of the Copelands. So he called in and was like, I saw some things that I think you need to investigate. He was like, I, he basically claimed he had seen human bones on their property um, and that when he was employed there, Ray tried to kill him. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's just killing all of his employees. It just made me laugh. Like, uh, hi, Crime Stoffers. Like, I think I saw some bones. And BT Dubs, this dude also tried to kill me. Yeah. Why wouldn't you call I the cops in the first place? <laughs> right. right. Like, if someone tried to kill me, I'd call 911. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, obviously, the police at first were pretty skeptical about the whole thing. Because, again, these people are old. Right unsuspecting um so, but they looked into ray's criminal record and were like eh this might fit great police work um and they decided that they would go ahead and like give it a shot and go investigate right so they got a search warrant and they got some bloodhounds and they're like, we're gonna go out on their property and see what's going on um surprisingly initially they found nothing there's no concrete evidence that would incriminate the couple, um, but they spent a while on the property. So as the search continued, the bodies of three young men were found in a nearby barn. So three oh. of those five we listed previously, they found their bodies. Um, as the search continued, more bodies were found, uh, and they all were found with injuries that came from what appeared to be the same weapon. Hmm. Um the bullet wounds came from a twenty two caliber Marlin rifle. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> pretty specific. Um, well, I guess they found a twenty two caliber bullet, and rifle then bullet, and then... Linked the, it to his... Yeah, a Marlin, twenty two caliber Marlin was later found in the home. Yeah. So... Makes sense. Probably Doesn't take a genius. Probably came from a twenty two caliber... Mm. 
<laughs> I figured it out, y'all. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes there. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, I don't know how many people listening know, like, caliber sizes on bullets, but a twenty two is pretty small. You can kill a rabbit from far away. It's I a mean, terrible thing to shoot a deer with because it wouldn't. Well, M16 shoots a two two three. It's not that much okay, bigger. Slow down. Not everybody knows. Well, what the military carries. Yeah. They shoot a two two three. It's a military round. It's not too too much bigger, but still, like, if you get shot with a forty five, it's going to be a lot quicker. <laughs> right. Well, this is a rifle too. Yeah. So I like. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was relatively quick. The uh, only way that you can kill a person with a 22 caliber bullet is to do it when they can't see you. When you're right. sleeping or like point blank to your chest or your head. Face. Yeah. Something to the like temple. That. Yeah. So I'm guessing they all were found with injuries to the head or the chest. Yeah. So um, they get all the bodies autopsied. And I guess the other thing is they don't tell how, like, what condition the bodies were in. Yeah. Because the date of death was all, like, in the 80s, late 80s. Yeah. And that's when they also found it. So I don't know. I'm guessing that. Decomposition stuff. They probably couldn't tell. But I don't think it was just bones you know it was probably pretty gross right um so the autopsy report came back and determined that each man had been shot in the back of the head at close range so right pretty (laughs) consistent yeah yeah um so they had on the property uh, like a register this is also really creepy um with the names of everyone who had worked for them. Yeah. Um, so the police, like, made a copy of it or, like, hand-wrote um, a copy of it to... And I gave it to some other people to see, like, if they could help identify the bodies. Um, and 12 um, of the five victims found on, like, the original register, they all had, like, a really crude X mm-hmm. in Faye's handwriting marked next to each of the names. Hmm. So they had a list of, I don't know how many total. I probably should have looked. But 12 of the names had X's on them. But they only found five bodies. Right. Dang. Yeah, so there's got to be some other ones. There's got to be other ones, and like, or I would, um, I don't know, like maybe they fed them to pigs and stuff. I've heard of like pigs yeah. will eat them like bone and all. Yeah, uh, other serial. It's really morbid. Killers, sorry, people. No, other serial <laughs> killers actually have um, used pigs to dispose of bodies. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and it's been used as a form of torture and stuff yeah. in the past. So it wouldn't be that crazy. I don't know what kind of farming these people were doing but if they had pigs that would be really so i also who knows what the x actually means you know yeah it's true um so the saying goes it takes two to tango um so obviously jeez that coffee whoo obviously when they get caught they're gonna have to face trial so 
Um, the question becomes, what role um, does Faye play in it eventually? Um, so my argument, one, is about the register. Because if it's in her handwriting, I don't know. These people creep me out. They're so old. Like, why? I mean, things are bad. Yeah. But. I mean, I guess the thing is, is just, like, the the pressure that a man has to provide for his family. I'm not trying to excuse this. I'm just trying right. to, I'm trying to, like, put myself in his shoes and think about what he's trying to do. He's trying right. to provide for his family. You're playing devil's advocate. I have to. It's just, like, it's this weird it's need that I have. I know. You know me. It's, it's. You gotta give the serial killer a chance. But like that's real though is you know and I I think that a lot of I don't have children yet so like I don't know but I still feel the pressure. I don't have children yet. Yeah. We don't have children yet. But I don't. But I know how to. Oh yeah. I mean we don't have children (laughs) together. Obviously. We have no babies. Obviously. Yeah. But um. But you know we gotta. We still have a nut to make, and I understand that pressure, and I think most people do. Right. Um, and and also, like, uh, you know, he had a tough time getting a job because of his criminal history, right? Yep. So, I mean, that's that's something that still so impacts true. people today. I mean, once you get on probation, and even, even if you're supposedly uh, rehabilitated in these right. jails, and that's what they say that they're doing, and they put you out in the world, and if you're right. rehabilitated, you should be able to go back to work. And some people can't. That's and so, like, I understand that. And, I mean, you know, maybe he just got so frustrated. He's like, this is the only way I could do this. That's so true. And nobody would trust his checks, obviously. <laughs> or he had no money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing. I mean, yeah, he got that whatever that pig or cow money he's got coming in. Yeah. Or he's getting them for free. He's but, writing bad checks. I mean, that's the thing, though, is, like... He, Money people, in, money out. Well, people and people glorify like the easy way out, like the quick fix, right? And just if you want to make an honest living, there's just not usually a quick fix. There's not a, a get rich quick scheme. Ain't that scheme. the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> living, living an honest life, you're you're probably not gonna be a billionaire. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so the authorities found the 22 caliber Marlin bolt action rifle. Inside the Copeland home, and the ballistic tests proved that it was the same weapon as the one used in the murders. They also found a super freaking creepy piece of evidence. Um, so, besides the scat, they say scattered bones. So, I guess the bodies have decomposed or they yeah. burned them or something. Um, and rifle was a handmade quilt that Faye Copeland had made out of the dead victim's clothing. Right. So, Super creepy. That is strike two in my book. That yeah. Faye definitely was complacent. And, I mean, obviously not, was not trying to stop it. So Yeah, okay. And you're making, making a quilt out of, like, a sweaty drifter's clothes. Yeah. Like, a guy who's been hitchhiking from Arkansas. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> That's so you gross. You know? That's so gross. You think they just cuddle with it at night? Like, mmm. I don't know, <laughs> dude. I can't even wrap my head around that. Mm, like, I think that's creepier. These pants are so soft. 
because like that that serial killer type creepy like right you know him like i i think that his was like ec- more economic you know and he just happened to marry a fucking crazy person. yeah yeah <laughs> you know i mean that has something to do with it too i'm sure she was like you know helped him get along Helped him, you know, push him over the edge a little bit. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm as assuming women, he's he's got he's. I'm assuming he's the trigger man. As women are trifling. Yeah. Well, I'm. Ass- <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm assuming he's the trigger man, though. I'm assuming he's the guy that. I don't know. Killing. Wouldn't that be more creepy if like if she was the one like, doing slowly it? Slowly turning your head around like you hear something, and you're just some creepy old lady with a rifle to your head, like yeah, either night, way. Night, sunny. Jesus. I mean, I'm sure she probably, like, gave him something to put him to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were probably eating meals. Like, if you if you worked at the farm and it was, like, living there. You think they poisoned him? Yeah. Or, him or gave him some Ambien? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Well, or just waited till they were it sleeping. It was really easy for these old people to kill young farmhands i mean these were early 20 early to late 20s yeah like these are yeah these are able-bodied people so i mean yeah it would take a lot for them to take them down either they caught them by surprise or they drugged them or whatever um but i'm sure once it's bone fragments i'm sure you can't tell like toxicity stuff like that right oh god it's so creepy um i just keep thinking about like old creepy late i don't know why like an old the scene man, from it. I'm kind of like... <laughs> she scurries across the kitchen. <laughs> oh, God, it's so creepy. I bet you that's what they saw. That was the last uh, thing they saw. She was, a, she was a healthy woman, so she wasn't scurrying. She is not a petite lady. Oh, Faye? <laughs> yeah. She was thick, thick? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't thick, thick. She was thicker than peanut but butter. She was like, I don't think they were starving right i feel you. they both look all right and the other thing is they were actually a really attractive young couple like there's one picture of them young and i'm like dang they're good looking and then maybe they ate people just kidding guys. Uh, i hope not well okay so at first when i was researching and they were like there was a handmade quilt fake hope and made out of the dead victim i was like don't say skin don't say skin <laughs> like, ed be- gein style where he's uh, making lampshades oh my god yeah there was like there are a couple of serial killer couples i could not do because of how well ed gein was like was he was just too- digging up dead bodies and so he wasn't just killing people well like- and like i really don't like talking about like rape and stuff and like the fact mm. like so many of these serial killers that was a factor. I'm like, I'll start with the wholesome old right. <laughs> serial cut. I just, I don't like talking. It's a trigger for a lot of people, and I completely understand. Well, so. a lot of that's the thing is a lot of it's a lot of serial stuff. killers are men, and a lot of men are sexually motivated. Yeah, well, and, and women can be too. Yeah, um, it's just like their sexuality is taken from them, or like they are, are only creepy. used as a sexual object their whole life, and right. they finally snap. Um, uh, that one movie that Charlize Theron is the... Monster? Yeah. So that's... Yeah. Um, she kills all those truck drivers. Yeah. You could say that's definitely sexually motivated. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving into the trial, obviously Ray, um, his motive was pretty easy to see from all sides. Like he killed the employees to make money. Um, and Faye's decisions to take part in the crimes were at first initially questioned. 
Oh my gosh, I can't drink coffee. Um, when she went to trial in November 1990, um, her attorney argued that she was just a dutiful wife and mother. Because that's what I also forget. Is these people weren't old spinsters. Like, they had kids at this point, like, yeah. adult children. Um, but still, um, she, they, you know, they just said that she was a good wife and a good mom that went along with everything because she was beat and received continuous continuous ill treatment from her husband. Okay. She did like the Casey Anthony <laughs> approach and just sold it up the river. That woman. Yeah. Oof. But I mean I just I'd be like exhibit A quilt. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's like, all we need to know. Yeah, it's this Ladies and gentlemen of the jury right here. Yeah. And I mean ugh, no. I, but we're not the only ones that think that her defense didn't work too well because the jury eventually convicted her of four counts of murder and one count of manslaughter. Um, she was given four death sentences for the murders um, and life without parole for manslaughter. Um, then Ray went to trial in March of 1991. Um, so like four months, five months later. Um, and was convicted of five counts of murder and sentenced to death. Um, when Ray heard that his wife, Faye, was also sentenced to death by lethal injection, Ray so lovingly said, with absolutely no emotion, well, those things happen to some, you know. So. Sociopath. They're really Psychopath. <laughs> they love each other yeah. a lot. <laughs> no emotion at all. Yeah. Yeah. But that's crazy, because... If you can have no emotion with that, like, who's to say she wasn't the one just straight up murdering them? I mean, but I think that, I think he's the trigger man, but I think she's more of the mastermind. Yeah. I think she would be more of, um, hey, we need to get these guys in. Like, maybe right. you can be part of the recruiting process of getting yeah, them in. That's true. Um, and, and, like, Go was the one. You're fine. Big ass out there, right? <laughs> making making that you know making that attachment, making them feel comfortable, so that they can he can come in and shoot them. That's true. Um, That's so true. But yeah, I mean, I think that like you just have to be callous and not really even care about human life to be able to dispose so of probably dozens of people. I know, at least whatever phase marking those X's for cannot be good. Do they never like? Uh, Run it against the database and figure that out or anything? No. Of course I, they I did I mean, it. that's what I'm of saying. Of course they did like, it. Wh- right. Why can't you look in, into these things? And like, that's what they were banking on. Well, I mean, they were like, they were like, well, whatever. We already got them sentenced to death. I mean, what right. is it going to do? But still, there's probably somebody well, somewhere. see, here's the thing. They got sentenced to death, but none of those executions ever ended up taking place. Because Ray died of natural causes on October 19th, 1993. Which was two years, a little over two years after his trial. Like, lucky. Yeah. But he was old. Like, that's what, it's just crazy. Um, and his body, I think he was born in 1914. Yeah. He lived until 1993. Um, his yeah, body. Eight years old. Yeah. His body was cremated. And then Faye's attorney appealed her conviction on the basis that the jury wasn't able to hear the evidence that she was a beaten spouse. 
when she was abused. So on August 6, 1999, Judge Ordy Smith turned over the death sentence but let the conviction stand and commuted her sentence to five consecutive terms of life without parole. On August 10, 2002, Faye suffered a stroke which left her partially paralyzed and unable to speak. Uh, weeks later, in September 2002, Governor Bob Holden authorized a medical parole for Faye, fulfilling her one wish that she not die in prison. So. Yeah, I know. I think I would have been like, eh, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm pretty exactly. sure they weren't wanting to die in your barn. Exactly. Like, not <laughs> even reaching 30. I don't know. There is there's whatever precedent set for, um, what do they call it? Something release. Uh, not sympathetic release. Something like that. Um, we're so bad at this. Um, okay, so <laughs> Whatever. We haven't been old people in jail. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's not Orange is the New Black. I should say. But yeah, yeah. It's it's like, yeah. I mean, they let you go when you're old or right. if you're going to die. Compassionate release. Compassionate release. Woo! Nice. Yes. But yeah, if you have a cancer or something, you're going to die. They just let you go. Yeah. Um... So she was paroled to a nursing home in her hometown of Chillicothe, Missouri, where she died of natural causes at the age of 82. She left behind five children and 17 grandchildren. Nice. So, yeah, chances are there's another psycho in that mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> living relatives of these people. I'm just saying, check on your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make sure everybody's okay. But yeah, these people are large. Um, <laughs> In stature? You could say that. <laughs> um, so, you know how earlier I was talking about they, like, had stuff made from their lives? Yeah. So, the Copeland story has been fictionalized in a comic book. Hmm. It's called Family Bones, written by Faye's nephew, Sean Granger. Um, the play Temporary Help by David Wiltis um, appeared off-Broadway in 2004, which was also based on a story. Um, you can also watch something about their lives on television series such as Forensic Files, hmm. Wicked Attraction, and New Detectives. Yeah, that's what all those shows do. They just go and find these random cases like that and talk about it. Right. But... Um, what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Because I know um, we've talked about this before. But people are always like, yeah, I love this person so much. I'd do anything for them. Right? <laughs> so with this wonderful couple, <laughs> it begs the question, what would you do? Like, to what extent do you follow your spouse once they start doing this kind of stuff? I don't know. It's hard. I mean, you, it depends. Like, you want to, you love your spouse so much that you would do anything for. But, I mean, I think um, serial murder is maybe where I draw the line. Yeah. I'm, I'd, I'd try to get you help. Um, right. You know, if it was a one-off, it'd be one thing, I guess. Uh, you kill that one person. I can... You know, but, like. There's a difference between, um, this is terrible, but there's a difference between, like, snapping and committing, like, a manslaughter. Right. And committing, like, a calculated serial right. act. There's other stuff going on if right. you're killing. Multiple. If you're planning out murdering somebody. Right, right. 
versus like your loved one comes up to you and like, oh my God, this is what I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a little bit different of how I'd handle that situation. Right. But um, definitely though, if, if in this case, you know, there's other ways to get money. There's other ways to get by. Even if you're a criminal, you can f- figure something out. Um, yeah. This is not... I think this was just greed. Right. And uh, wanting a quick fix and kind of being lazy. Right. And not wanting to work for for their life. Yeah. Um, and that's what you have to do. And you have to work together. Yeah. And you have to be there for each other and, and, and try to live an honest life. And it's not going to be fun a lot of the times. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be going and cashing a, a fraudulent check, you know, buying right. livestock. But right. That's the thing, like, okay, so when I was in college, I lived in the woodlands across from campus. Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah. Okay, so you remember that couple that lived in, like, that one room? Yeah. So they sold or sublet Mm -hmm. their apartment to this couple that was, like, late 50s. Yeah. And they had this disgusting dog that, like, they just didn't take care of. And, like, she always had to give it Benadryl so it would stop, like, scratching itself. And it just had stuff all over it. It was disgusting. And I literally was, like, just the way that they lived their lives and, like, they treated, like, the common space and, like, things, the property that was mine. Yeah. I was just, like, what are you doing? Like, you're older. Like, what has happened in your life right? this is... Right. The lifestyle that I, you are living for right. yourself. Because like, like, they had kids and grandkids and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Did, didn't your partner ever be like, we can do better? Yeah. Like, let's figure it out. Like, we can do this. Like, we can get out of this rut. Then sharing a room with two college uh, kids. Yeah. 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 It was already packed. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be a two-bedroom apartment and, like, four people were living there. Yeah. And two of them were over the age of 50. Right. That's not a good situation. No. It was awful. It was awful. Well, I mean, if you want to in this country, you can get out there and you can make a decent living. Right. But that is the problem, though, and that is where we have to have reform as a society is if these people are out, if they're truly rehabilitated, then they need to be allowed to live the lives as a rehabilitated citizen of the United States of America. Right. Instead, what happens is, you know, there's that little box on on applications. I don't think they can do that anymore. Uh, Only in some places. But, I mean, they do a background check on you and, like, they'll just pass on you. I know, and you can't vote for... Yeah, you should be able to if you're if you're out of prison, you should be able to vote. I mean, I think even if you're in prison, you should be able to vote. I mean, right. owning a firearm is a little different, right? But you should be able to vote. You're still a citizen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're detained. If anything, you have you should have more of a say. Right. Like, like you right. know, your property of the United States <laughs> yeah. government. If you're in a federal so penitentiary, true. I know. Well, and like that's the thing. Prisons are for profit systems right now so yeah. like if you're already making money off somebody the least you can do is give them the civil liberty yeah and then when they get out like you've served your time like yeah. you have been mandated a certain sentence that everybody has agreed was fair and you served it and then you get out and it's just like 
Your life is still ruined. Yeah. Especially for nonviolent offenders. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You didn't even do anything to hurt somebody to get in there. You didn't do anything but hurt yourself. Right. Like, you're already, you don't understand, you know. So, if you're in there for 10, 15, 20 years, technology, when you get out. Right. You're, you know, you're, I hate, this is the only way. You are retarded <laughs> by. Oh, my God. Your stay in there. Like, it has slowed your progress to being a normal, you know, functioning. Somebody who's 50 years old who's never served time definitely is going to understand technology a hell of a lot more than somebody who's 50 who's been in jail for 20 years because of a pot charge, you know, back in the 80s or something. Right. Yeah, I mean, they were expunging a lot of those, luckily. But still, it's just... I'm sure that that's kind of what he was going through, but ultimately, you you need to you need to just get out of that and figure it out, right? Um, and and you know it sucks, and like that's what being an adult is all about is you know you're gonna have to do stuff that you don't want to do, right. and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live life and do things that aren't fun, and yeah. you have to be responsible though, and I mean there's there's always opportunities there to take an easy way out or to steal. Right. Like that's always going to be there, but you have to have integrity, and you know I'm not one to exactly speak on that because there's been plenty of times where I haven't taken the high road. Yeah, but, I mean it happens, but that's why you can say on the other side of things, you know, if you do bad, bad things are going to happen to you, unfortunately. And like once you, but once you're in a relationship, like I think you have a duty, especially marriage. Like you have a duty. You made a commitment to somebody. So, like, if you have life together, then you want to make sure that person's, like, doing the best things they can in their life. And right. not being a detriment. And that's kind of like what we talked Bonnie and Clyde were never married. Right. But they still, it's almost like they chose a life that they knew was going to end like that. Right. And I think, you know, you should always want the best for your partner. You should want to be, you know, want the best for them, do the best you can for them so they can be a better person. Exactly. Yeah. And and if your partner is exhibiting these types of things, you know, don't, don't be somebody who's a catalyst for that. Go find them some help if you truly love them. I mean, sometimes people just get wrapped up and, and you do find yourself and your partner. You always do no matter who you are. And, um, sometimes it's not a great thing. Right. (laughs) I know. It happens, um, but that is all we have for you guys in this episode. Um, We are going to probably have some shorter episodes, some longer episodes. This one is coming in like right under 50 minutes, which I think is good. Um, We probably will try to keep them between like 45 and an hour and a half max, just depending on what's going on, hopefully um, once we have this out and published, we have some more fan engagement. We would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about the episode. If you guys have any cool stories, um, know anything about the topics that we're going over or want to be a guest, definitely let us know. Um, in the meantime, continue to follow along. You can find The Pits everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one.